Welcome to Standing Grace with Alan McQuarrie, a ministry of Thousand Islands Baptist Church in Brockville, Ontario. I'm your host, Alex Philippi. We all know life is hard, but Jesus is here for you. He wants to encourage you through his word and remind you that you can always stand in his grace. Somebody asked me a while ago if I was religious. I said, no, I'm not religious, but I am a Christian. And they looked at me kind of confused. What I mean is, so often today, when people think of religion, they think of ceremony and they think of all the traditions of the world. They picture in their minds big, ornate church buildings with all the ritualism that goes along with it. The Lord Jesus was not involved in tradition of churches. He cut to the chase and always just simply told the truth. And that is what we're looking at today on this program is the importance of understanding what real faith in Christ is. Sometimes we get discouraged with what church has become. And we get discouraged with the the ceremony or the traditions that can often tie down even the believer today. Certainly it did with those who lived in Christ's day. We're looking at Matthew chapter 15. And in this passage, the Lord was approached by Pharisees who questioned him as to why his disciples were not doing something that was traditional for them to do. And when the Lord heard this, He questioned them, not on their tradition, but why they allowed the tradition to make void the word of God. We're going to talk about today five important understandings to make sure that our faith is real. First of all, we need to understand that tradition does not equal scripture. So often people think that scripture and and tradition go hand in hand, and that is just Not so. When the Lord questioned those Pharisees in Matthew chapter 15, he told them quite clearly that the commands of God are more important than the traditions of men. He called them hypocrites. And he said that they were the fulfillment of what Isaiah said when Isaiah said about them that people honor me with their lips and yet their hearts are far from him. Tradition does not equal scripture. We need to understand that the very basis of our faith is what the reformers called sola scriptura. That is simply the Bible alone. It's not the Bible plus. It's not the Bible and. And so often today, we see so many groups of people, so many religious organizations who say they accept the Bible, but they also accept other things as well, other forms of revelation, whether it be another book that a prophet wrote, whether it be a new interpretation, or even a vision or a dream. These things take us away from the most important thing, and that is the clarity of what God wants us to do as revealed in his word. The Bible is God's living word. It is living and active. It is like a two-edged sword, as the word of God it says about itself. And we need to understand that the word of God 
is the basis of all of our understanding of what is morally right, of what is correct, and how to live our lives. We need, as believers, to open God's Word and read it. And so often today, there are so many people who do love the Lord who very rarely spend time reading the Word of God. And yet that is how God communicates with us. He communicates with us through His Word. As the Holy Spirit illuminates the Scripture in our hearts, convicts us, and reveals holiness to us, it is through His Word. The next thing we must understand is that we can never manipulate the Word of God for personal gain. And again, this is what Jesus was saying about the Pharisees of his day, that they were manipulating the word of God to get personal gain. I know, and you know, it is easy for us to try to justify our lives and even pick vague, obscure verses from the Bible out of context to justify the way we live, the method that we are living, even our lifestyle. We try to pick and choose certain verses to soothe our hearts. When in reality, we need to read the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to show us what God wants for us in our life, in the way we conduct ourselves, in relationships, in the way we deal with other people. We cannot manipulate the Word of God for personal gain. And that can be a very, very easy thing to do, where people try to twist the Word of God and point to certain verses out of context so as to say, I'm okay in doing what I'm doing. And I would encourage you today, if you feel that this is something that you've been doing, you need to ask the Lord to forgive you of it and ask the Lord to show you what does he want you to do? What is, what is the path that God wants you to walk? What is it that the Lord wants in your life? The third thing we must understand is that we have an obligation towards each other, especially those who are seeking truth. The Lord said to his people that they needed to understand that he was there to encourage them and to point them to truth. And the Lord condemned these Pharisees and called them blind guides because in essence, that's what they were. They were leading people down the wrong path. And he says, let them be. I need to spend time with those who are seeking truth. We have to understand that we need to make an obligation towards each other to encourage each other to seek Christ. And so I want to begin today by encouraging you by simply saying this. If you really want to learn who the Lord is, then allow us to be a part of that process in your life. If you really want to find out who Christ is and what his role is in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in just encouraging you holding you up during difficult times, and we want to be a part, I want to be a part of that process. Because the days now are very dark, 
And believers need to encourage one another to stand and to be strong in these times. And we can't allow differences to divide us. We need to encourage one another and build one another up in the faith. So allow us to encourage you if you need encouragement. And you can take the same responsibility towards somebody that you know. If there is a believer, if there is a a person who is discouraged and who feels alone or who feels as if the Lord is far from them, I would encourage you to make an obligation towards them, to encourage them and to point them to Christ. The fourth thing that we need to understand is that the heart is the key of what God is seeking after. The Lord is not seeking after tradition. He doesn't care if I stand or sit or kneel or stand or sit or kneel or how many times I do it. What the Lord is looking for is a broken and contrite spirit. What God is looking for is the heart that is right before him. What the Lord is looking for is the believer who says, Lord, I love you with all my heart. My life may not be in the right place, but I love you and I want to get in the right place. The Lord Jesus told his disciples that it is out of the heart that all the evil things come, whether it be things such as lying or envy, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, slander, all these things come from the heart first. In other words, if we love that which is wrong, then we will do that which is wrong. When we love immorality, we will do immorality. And so we have to ask the Lord, Lord, change my heart. Change my heart to love the things that you love. Change my heart, O Lord, to seek after the things that you seek after. Change my heart, O Lord, that I might seek after the things that are pleasing in your eyes. And finally, the fifth thing that the Lord was teaching us here was that we can renew our hearts. Remember the story of David back in the the Old Testament where David went out and did not go with his soldiers into battle as he should have. He neglected his responsibility of being with his men. As a result, he stayed home and lusted after a beautiful woman and As a result, he took her and and made love to her and got her pregnant. And then he panicked. And so he knew he had to try to make it look like it was her husband that got her pregnant, not him. And so he invited Uriah back three times to try to get him to, to sleep with his wife. But he refused to because he had greater morals than David. He knew he needed to be with his own men and not to take time at home, but rather be in the battle leading his men. Finally, David had Uriah killed. And as a result of all that, he thought that he had covered his sin. He thought that he got away with it. But Nathan the prophet came to him a year later and revealed to him that indeed he was found out. As a result of this, there was genuine repentance when finally he understood how grievous his sin was. 
And he wrote Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. And I would encourage you to read both of them. In Psalm 51, he says, Create in me, O Lord, a new heart. And so he really prayed that God would change his heart and restore to him the joy of his salvation, that he would be clean once again, as white as snow, that he would be pure in the eyes of the Lord. That is a great psalm because we often find ourselves in the same situation where we need to ask God to cleanse us and to make us pure and holy in his sight. And so I would encourage you today to think about this passage in Matthew 15 and seek after the things that the Lord seeks after and ask God, Lord, am I living the life that is honoring to you? Renew a pure heart. Renew, O Lord, the right mind within me that out of my heart may come encouragement and blessing and things that please you even if it hasn't been for years, may it begin today. Because, Lord, I seek after the things that honor you. Thank you for being with us today on Standing Grace. I'm Alex Philippi, inviting you to join us for more teaching like this in person at Thousand Islands Baptist Church in Brockville, Ontario. And to join us online at standinggrace.com. Until next time.